Hey folks, welcome to this episode of the Everyday Millionaire Podcast and the Mindset Matters Edition, where I'm joined by my wife and Olympic mental performance coach, Stephanie Hanlon-Francie. Together, Stephanie and I engage in a conversation about different aspects of what we refer to as Mindset Matters. We believe that we're living in and through one of the most impactful global events in history. And let's face it, few have trained for or are equipped to deal with the life that is unfolding before them. The need to pivot in your business, your career, or perhaps deal with shifting family dynamics lies before many. We hope to inspire you to ask yourself questions or pause to consider how you view your world, your life. We'll invite you to check in on where you are on your journey, and are you still clear on your intended destination, or has it changed? Join us for this in our series of Mindset Matters. Listen in, enjoy. Hey folks, welcome to the Everyday Millionaire Podcast Mindset Matters episode. Now, Stephanie is not here to join me today, so I am again on the dance floor by myself, which always makes me or has made me a little uncomfortable. Uh, But based on some encouraging feedback from some listeners and friends of the last time I went solo, I'm uh, committed to being better and improving, and uh, I'm not as good as I'd like to be yet. All of those kind of (laughs) different ways to look at it. Anyways, I've made some notes so I don't wander off on too many tangents. And for this episode of Mindset Matters, I've got a couple of different paths I want to go down. And the reason is that occasionally what still comes up is the question from listeners and clients of what is mindset and what do we mean by mindset. And it's something, of course, that we talk about every week is how do we develop a better mindset? How do we shift our views of the circumstance we find ourselves dealing with? So for me, the obvious first step is having an awareness and recognizing our need or our desire to change. We want a different result, whether it be physically or mentally or emotionally. And so in the case of a fixed mindset, you know, we may find ourselves talking about, oh, this is just the hand I've been dealt. And if it wasn't for bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck at all. And it's a genetic, this is just all part of what it is. It's always the way it will be. Whereas with a growth mindset, we look at it differently. We decide and say that, what do I need to shift to get a different result? Believing that our life is a reflection of how we view the world and which drives our decisions and drives the actions we take or that we don't take. And uh, we make a commitment to getting a different result by shifting how we view the world. Now, Stephanie and I have talked on many occasions about a fixed versus a growth mindset. And that's based on what we believe, which is how we see the world defines what our world is really like. Now, in some work I was doing this week, and I'm going to get to that in a moment, I read, uh, I guess it's a quote, but it's a statement by Abraham Hicks who is the author of the book, The Law of Attraction. And he said it really well, which is that mindset is developed based on our beliefs. Got it. And a belief is only a thought that you keep thinking. And I went, okay, well, that's pretty profound just in its simplicity. A belief is only a thought that you keep thinking. That was cool. And that our mindset stays either fixed or into an open or growth mindset based on our beliefs, which ultimately affect how you or me or us, how we react 
and view a situation that we find ourselves. So that goes back to my favorite quote by Wayne Dyer, which I often use, which is when we change the way we look at things, the things we look at change. So I've always found that quote very important to stay grounded in, knowing that our beliefs can shift, but we first have to have the awareness of that belief and then say, can we change the way we look at things so that the things we look at change are our circumstances, our world, if you will. Now, what I'm about to preface is the week that I just came off of. And, you know, Stephanie and I have often shared that, you know, we're constantly doing the work in our own life. You know, we do this work, we kind of live it, we coach it, but we're just mere mortals. And guess what? You know, shit is happening to us and how we deal with it is really based on the work that we do. And in this case, you know, uh, a whole bunch of things have been coming up for me over the past few weeks, actually. And I'm coming off this past week, which I can only define as pretty challenging. And along the way that I've been going through it all, I've also been observing my internal dialogue and my moods and how I've been feeling. And I realized that at times it's been quite negative. And I've come to recognize that really what I've been going through are all these low, what I would call low vibrational qualities like frustration and irritation and feeling sorry for myself and wishing it was different and then being pissed off because it isn't different and then blaming myself for not doing things differently, you know, in the past and all that stuff, which is, I, I think, pretty normal, you know, circular kinds of BS and monkey brain stuff. Now, I say it's normal because it is. What I think isn't normal is realizing that you have to, you know, is is doing the work to recognize that. And so anyway, I'm, I was working through all my shit and I stepped back to reflect and do some reading. And I came across an old article that I'd saved a few years ago because it had some meaning to me. Now, but okay, so before I go there, let me try and set this up just a little bit better. As I said, it was a challenging week for me with some business issues that I've been dealing with over several weeks. And it's really been kind of bumming me out. It's like all these things are coming at me and I'm feeling sorry for myself. But then I look at the fact, for example, that Stephanie and I launched our opening meeting for the shift program, which was awesome. And we're totally stoked about getting to work with this amazing group of people that are all part of the program. Yet I'm only focused at times on the freaking dark side of what's going on. And I guess that's all to say that I found myself in this kind of a mental and emotional state that I just wasn't happy about. And I was really being challenged to step back and, and get out of that downward negative spiral. And of course, intellectually, I know I have to cut through my BS, which most of the time I think I'm pretty good at. You know, Stephanie might not agree, but ultimately I think I'm pretty good at it. And at other times, like recently, you know, I'm just not so good at it at all. So for me, part of my process is to read and journal, meditate, or listen to something uplifting, of course, have good conversations with people. And that's not to say that I'm having conversation of, you know, discussing my, the, the challenges I'm facing. It's just to have a shift of focus, if you will, and get into other conversations and hear about what other people have got going on in their life. And while I was doing all of that, at the same time, I was kicking around some ideas for this particular episode of Mindset Matters, knowing that Stephanie was going to be away. And 
that's when I kind of decided, why don't I just use some of my own process, given what I'm going through, you know, share that with you. And that ultimately opened up this whole topic. Now, I'm going to try and stay focused on what that is and get to it. And uh, we do have, when Stephanie gets back, we'll dig into it some more, but I'll talk about that in a minute. So what happened is I came across an article that I'd read a couple of years ago. What's referred to in this article is what's called the Hawkins Scale of Enlightenment, which is based on his book titled Power Versus Force, written by Dr. David Hawkins. And he breaks down the basic nature of thought and consciousness, which of course is all part of the journey of enlightenment. And I think at some level, if you're doing any body of this work, we're actually looking to be or have enlightenment at some level. I think it's a pretty worthy goal, and I'll talk about it a little bit more. But Stephanie read the book, you know, uh, years ago, and it's become one of several of the books that she uses in her work as a coach. But for this particular body of work, it's kind of like her Bible. So all of this is only to say that as much as I understand the premise, I don't have the depth and understanding that she has, but I do understand it enough to realize I needed to be, number one, reminded of the work, hence that article showed up. And so given Stephanie isn't here for this show, I thought I'd at least do my best to plant the seed that I reconnected to and then share with you on this particular episode. And then when Stephanie gets back next week, we'll dig into it deeper. And, you know, hopefully I can do a good enough job to kind of open up the conversation and make it interesting and show you the value in it. And so the premise for the scale of enlightenment isn't probably as esoteric as it may sound. It's actually based on science and a lot of data and a lot of research. And it's, I guess, grounded in what I think is a pretty strong foundation of what I'd call the quantum physics of it. Now, like I say, I have a foundational understanding for the context. So what I'm sharing is not only a mix of my takeaways from it and my understanding of the work, but it's also the learning I've done with different coaches. And then of course, you know, the fact that Stephanie and I apply a lot of this stuff in our own life. And I think I've come to believe, I don't think I've come to believe that personal discovery and evolution is a fundamental part. I was going to say most people's, but that wouldn't be true. Part of, I'll say most, I'll say many people's nature. So it's a fundamental part of many people's nature, or at least those with an open or a growth mindset. It's one of the reasons Stephanie and I actually created Shift, setting honest intentions for transformation. And we know that not everyone sees a need to evolve and we don't make them wrong. And hopefully they're not making us wrong. Although some people go, what's this, this mindset bullshit? Just get to work. You know, and I, okay, I got it. But I also look at their lives and I go, now I'll just keep doing the work. Now that's all to say this, not everybody sees a need to evolve or actually has even an interest, but in our world, it's one of our highest values. And, you know, hence we're surrounded by, you know, many who share that philosophy of growth and development and really of a desire to have some level of personal mastery. And I would argue and even suggest that to have some degree of enlightenment. Now, I think that we intentionally strive to be aware and to evolve in what 
we refer to as the seven areas of our lives. You know, part of our context for living and our context for life that we coach. And we've shared these seven areas on the show before, but in case you're listening for the first time or just need to be reminded, we break down the seven areas of life as our mental, our emotional, our spiritual, our physical, vocational, relational, financial. And what I've come to realize is that most of the time when we're having a tough day or a tough week, a month, a year, whatever it might be, it's almost only ever in one or two of those areas of life. So like me this past week, it's been tough in some areas of business or my vocation, and that adds a degree of financial pressure. But when I look at my life in the other areas, it's pretty freaking amazing. You know, it's quite remarkable. And so if I kind of paint my whole life based on what's happening in business right now. And even that, you know, I've, you know, I've got some amazing things happening in business, but the point is, is that if we paint our whole life that way, it can really get dark. And so when you break it down into these seven areas, you start to say, well, one bucket, if you will, if you bucketize it, you know, my physical is not as strong as my emotional, or I'm feeling a little bit low on the financial side, but gosh, on the other side, you know, and in the other bucket of uh, my spiritual, it's, it's off the charts or relationally. So it's all to say that when we break it down into parts, we can see that things can be pretty amazing, not always so dark. So I guess my point is, is that often the most effective, or some would say the only way for us to grow are in the times that we look at those areas of our life where we're facing challenges that require us to lean into them. And we have to draw on the intellect and the mental components of it, if you will, our adversity, our ability to overcome adversity, our resilience. And we can look at the challenges and be pissed off about them or realize that, you know, these challenges are just part of life. And if we want to get stronger, we have to lean into them and dig deep and find the emotional and even the spiritual strength to get past those challenges. And, you know, then there's, of course, those situations that take time to get past. You know, we grind through them and it's just never ending. And I've got a couple of those. And it's where we just, like I say, need to dig even deeper into our awareness of how we see the world and tap into our consciousness and our resources. And if we're going to get through that storm with some level of grace and not totally meltdown, we have to literally connect to those sources. Now, some of what all of I've been saying may sound a little bit counterintuitive to the intellect of business. In my case, that's what I'm saying. I got those challenges, but it's actually really not that. And you do have to dig deep emotionally, spiritually, as well as intellectually, so that you can make really clear decisions. So let me go back to what I shared earlier in its most basic idea that thought and consciousness are parts of spirituality. That's what Dr. Hawkins came to. You know, consciousness are parts of spirit, spirituality or enlightenment. And, you know, many people believe it's simply a state of mind that you either have or you don't have. But in Hawkins' work, he frames enlightenment in terms of a process and consciousness in terms of a process. And he actually created a scale of consciousness based on his extensive studies. And 
the level of enlightenment can actually be measured, or he gives it a gauge that you can measure it when you have an awareness around it. Now, I'm going to bring this all together, so stick with me here. Now, in the world of quantum physics, everything is energy. That is simply vibrating at different rates of speed. The material things we see or what we feel is all energy. Our thoughts and our feelings, money are all energy. Our level of consciousness is all the same as the universe or God or whatever you consider a higher power. It's just all consciousness. It's actually really the premise of the book, The Secret, for example. And whether you agree or disagree with The Secret, or if you've not read it, it really is along the lines that thoughts become things. So be careful or intentional about your thoughts. And if you want to attract more, we need to tap into that universal consciousness by setting intentions and shifting our energy and shifting our vibration. Now, this isn't me, by the way, advocating for The Secret, but I do believe that the energy of our thoughts matter as do our actions, because our thoughts drive our actions. And it's why Stephanie and I, for example, we meditate and we journal. It's why we do the work we do to stay grounded in our values. And if everything is energy and energy can never be destroyed, because energy can never be destroyed, then everything that ha has, that everything that has or can exist is already here in some form of energy. We just need to tap into the energy. Okay, now I get that's all a rabbit hole, but let me get back to what my point is. My intention is to do whatever I can or what I can to explain more about what the levels of consciousness are based on Hawkins' work and how we can use them to actually grow personally and spiritually. And next week, when Stephanie's back, we'll dig into this even more. But remember what I said, right? It all starts with awareness. So hopefully, you know, as I go keep going down this path, you'll start to see that we have an awareness and we have the ability to actually step into that awareness and make some changes. Uh, but before I continue, I, I want to give some sort of a definition to enlightenment, at, at least in the context of this particular uh, monologue, if you will, or this conversation, you know. The best description I found that aligns with shift, for example, the work that Stephanie and I do and that we tap into is the concept that spiritual enlightenment is synonymous with self-realization and of discovering and knowing our true self, as well as being aware of and understanding our false self. And that is generally bumping up against our ego or our social conditioning, that part of us that protects us from being embarrassed or being shamed. Our ego has us play small or our ego has us step into more than we should. But point is, is the ego is part of understanding our ego is really part of understanding our own enlightenment. And that's a body of work that all come together. So if at this point, if you're still with me, I want to share some of the principles and hopefully you can apply them and actually put them into action. Now, as I said, I believe if we can have the awareness of the concept, then we can start up leveling our thoughts on whatever journey any of us are on to some level of what we would call enlightenment. Now, a long time ago, I heard a quote that said, you know, before enlightenment, chop wood and carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood and carry water. I didn't actually, I really didn't get it at the time. And now I do, I have for a while, but it's all that comes back to the fact that it all comes back to the fact, I guess, that our identity is not what we do, even though 
that's often what we identify with, but it's actually who we're being while we're doing what we do. So enlightenment actually isn't external or outside of us. It's our internal self. Once again, that goes back to ego, et cetera, regardless of what we do. And that's a tough one. Okay. And that's the kind of another layer of work. Okay. One way to consider the journey of enlightenment, I guess, and consciousness is to start by learning that it really is necessary that we detach and we quiet our mind. It's why we keep talking about meditation, you know, short meditation, long meditation, guided meditations, or we talk about journaling, you know, either way we commit to, I guess, seeking and becoming more aware of our thoughts and we become the observer of our thoughts. You know, I've used that phrase or that question, who is the thinker of our thoughts? We have to tap into that and we have to question our beliefs, our belief system, if you will, uh, our BS, as we like to call it. Okay, so if this hasn't been deep enough for you or, uh, you know, if I haven't lost you, I've already gone deeper than I intended, but I'm going to keep on moving. So anyone who works with me will often hear me say, we need to step back or I need to step back. And I use that term a lot. It's one of my go-to exercises is to step back and to observe. So when we talk about what is this path to enlightenment, you know, uh, we hear about that in this body of work. You know, my own belief is that it is a forever journey. It isn't a destination. It's like, okay, I get there. Yeah, you don't. You know, I, I talk to my 94-year-old mother, 94-year-old mother, for example, and we get started talking about life and she can get pretty philosophical. And, and I realize that she's still on her own journey. It's, you know, which is all to say that intellectually, we think enlightenment is a destination. And when I really think it's just a never-ending journey and like I say, at 94 years old, my mom is on her own journey of still realizations for her and, you know, her aging body and the fact that she's still sharp and realizing your body is, it's all a journey. You know, she has these realizations. It's fun to talk to her uh, with that. So as I said earlier, you know, so Dr. Hawkins created a scale to use as a gauge, if you will, of human consciousness, which is actually just our, I guess, our ego's different levels of how we see the world. Now, the guide that he designed, you know, actually helps us bust through our ego's limitation. And especially given that's where most people get stuck. I get stuck. You know, ego gets in the way in the process of really achieving or even getting to higher states of consciousness. Our ego has a tendency to kind of beat us back, if you will. So what he did was he really intellectualize it, you know, and, and he set up a numerical scale and each part of that scale was a level and he assigned a number between one and a thousand. So the lowest end of the consciousness scale, for example, would be between one and 300. And that's where we live in shame and guilt and fear and apathy, anger, pride. And that really is what describes our level of consciousness. And some of this, I actually think, are levels of, I guess, unconsciousness that creeps in. And this is why we do the work. But that's a different conversation. 
this is, I think, where I actually found myself at times this week is really at the low end of that scale. But at some point, then we kind of have an awareness and we wake up and we evolve to, let's say, between on his scale, three and 500, where we see willingness and we see neutrality and acceptance and, and reason, you know, that, that all becomes part of our consciousness and where we're aware and we're actually being the observer of our thoughts. And in other words, to go from between one and 300 to three to 500, for example, you have to have an awareness that that's where you're at. It was like me realizing that I was in these really negative thoughts this week. And, but because of the training, because of my mindset, I look at it and go, okay, hold it up your game. So that's where I got to. And then when you get to 500 and a thousand, you see, you know, love and joy and peace and enlightenment. And like I said, enlightenment is a journey and I guess some may argue that, I don't know, Buddha or the Dalai Lama or Mother Teresa may have hit the mark of enlightenment. And, uh, you know, you may even notice the effects of thinking of someone at that level. And what's cool about enlightenment, even sometimes when you think of somebody at that level, you up your game. You know, you actually raise your own level of consciousness. And I guess that's where enlightenment maybe really lives. I don't know. Anyways, the point is we all hit the low end of the scale at times of being in fear and anger and apathy and those kind of low vibrational states that the ego says we have every right to feel. But if everything is energy, including our thoughts, then we need to crank up our vibration to kind of tap into the universal consciousness, which is just energy. We all need to kind of get there, I think. Anyways. By now, you may be saying, okay, Patrick, how do we tap into consciousness to have it make sense in our everyday life? Or you may be saying, Patrick, you're losing the plot. Anyways, I want to give you some tools. You know, first off, we start by evolving and being aware of where we're at. And if our consciousness is about anger, you know, how often even, for example, do we use the word, I hate? Are you in fear and anxiety? And then the next step may be, or is, I think it's a great tool, step back, step back and bring your awareness to where you are, observe where you are, ask yourself, what am I believing right now about this situation? What am I believing about myself? What's the story I'm telling myself? And then use that awareness to create and bring yourself to a higher degree of peace, of prosperity, to shift your view of the world. And I'm not saying any of this, by the way, is easy. But if you don't ever have an awareness of it, you will actually never take it on. So I think the number one takeaway is to understand that your thoughts create the world you experience. Moving them up in the or on the consciousness scale is actually a process of learning how to respond to the events in the world that you are experiencing. and have better thoughts, but first you have to be aware of where you're at. So as I said, remember to step back, turn your intention, turn your attention inwards, and then consider how you're feeling and question the belief you have. Become more aware of your thoughts, challenge your thoughts, and so that you can actually choose a better feeling. And I keep saying, and just because I'm going through it myself, none of it is easy. I can tell you that right now, at least it isn't for me. But I also go back to, I keep doing the work and I just know that that's what keeps me sane. And I think it's a good body of work to consider.
So I want to give you about, I don't know, I think there's about a dozen ideas that you can use to shift your energy and up your consciousness, if you will, on that scale. Now, a lot of these are tools, Not, I think almost all of them are tools that Stephanie and I use. And there's no doubt some of them you likely use as well, even if you're not realizing you're doing it. So this is kind of a cool way to look at things. First off, as I said, first, you know, we have to look at the big picture. Is it time to make, you know, conscious, positive changes in our lifestyle, for example? Look at your beliefs, your fears, your judgments. And if you reflect and you tell yourself the truth, you can actually discover or you actually know what you need to change. I think at every level, we all have that answer. You know, I often say as coaches, our job isn't to tell you anything, our job is to ask you the right questions because you do, in fact, have the answers. We all do. We just need the right questions. Okay, music. This is one that I really uh, tap into. You know, the, the frequency of music is, is positive. And regardless, you know, there's, we had, I've had this discussion many times with people who like uh, heavy metal, for example. And I look at it and I just go, it's the wrong frequency of music. I don't care how much you like it. You have to consider what that frequency is. And that is not healthy. And that's just my view of the world. I've got lots of evidence, real evidence, aside from what may show up as actual research, scientific research. I have my own personal experience with people who listen to a lot of heavy metal music. Its frequency is just, it's negative. It's dark. It's black. It's not good. And so um, that's not to make anybody wrong, but at the end of the day, I think that uh, being evolved from heavy metal is a healthy, a healthy step to take. Anyways, we need to spend time near people and places and things that hold a high frequency. So in our world, we're blessed to be surrounded by some amazing people who vibrate at a very high frequency. We have what we refer to as our chosen family uh, beyond our immediate family. And at the end of the day, anything or anyone that is inspiring is going to actually help raise our frequency, you know, and uh, then remember, read books, watch a good movie, listen to spiritual teachers, hang out with the right people. The point is, is don't go down the path of darkness and uh, do what you need to have these tools. You need to do what you need to do to get you out of it. And when you get out of that dark place, then some creativity can show up, even if it's a moment in time that you step into the light, if you will. Okay, exercise, you know, physical, mental, emotional, we need to stretch ourselves. And these are all ways to shift our state. You know, color and aromatherapy, it's interesting, you know, is every night, Stephanie, uh, you know, has a routine and, you know, there's aromatherapy that we have in our room and she does all the magic that Stephanie does, but it's really powerful and it's just become a part of our life. I don't really even notice it so much anymore, but I do. So anyways, if it went away, I would definitely notice it. And then having a gratitude journal. We often talk about this and you've probably heard it many, many times, but you actually do it, which is to take some time to say what you're grateful for, but you add a twist to it, which is why you're grateful for it. Okay. So also spend some time in water and in the forest, in nature, if you can. It's interesting that uh, water is 
really, apparently, I, I'm, I'm a water person. I don't go there as a nature, you know, in, in, but what I do in the summertime particularly is walk barefoot, be grounded barefoot. So in other words, get into the grass, get into the dirt, be grounded. It actually is really, really powerful. And uh, it all makes sense. We're all electrical energy. And when you get grounded in the earth, it can really make a difference. Okay, this is one that I don't do enough. And that is practice random acts of kindness. I know some of you do, and you're really good at that. The other thing is to be curious, ask questions about others, ask people uh, what their experience is and what they've got going on. It kind of takes the focus off you and it's a way to open up your mind and your view of the world and get a different perspective. Always try and laugh and smile. It's another good tip to have. Remember, we get into, and I'm so guilty of this, is not laughing and being and smiling enough and being light. I get a little bit heavy, especially when I'm going through the stuff that I sometimes I'm going through and then making and prioritizing happiness as the most important thing when it comes down to raising our frequency. You know, it really is finding joy, making happiness, like I say, the most important thing. And the thing that we have to consider is that we are the ones that are raising our own vibration and we use the tools and we use, you know, outside sources to draw in and to feed off of energy. So ultimately we take responsibility for shifting our energy and the, ultimately the better we feel, the higher our vibration is. Now, those are some tips, hopefully some things that are valuable to you, a reminder perhaps for some of you that, uh, we can take responsibility for our life and how we feel, and we have to dig deep sometimes. And I'm hoping that this topic kind of, you know, fired up some thoughts that you might have. Stephanie, and I are going to dig deeper into it next week. And I know once I get on the dance floor with Stephanie, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll kind, of, kind of peel back the layers of this particular conversation. Anyways, that's it for this episode of Mindset Matters. As always... If you've got any feedback, please email me at ceo at raincanada.com, ceo at reincanada.com, and uh, you'll be hearing from us next week. Thanks, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. If you found value in the podcast, please take the time to rate and review and share with others. Share with your friends. As it is my goal to always improve and to provide the highest value for you, the listener, if you have any comments, suggestions, or questions you'd like answered, please email me at ceo at raincanada.com. That's ceo at reincanada.com. I look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, Patrick out.